Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Welcome, Nikki Adamo. It's finally happening. <laughs> so I'm honored to have you on Bluebells Forever podcast. And well, we just did a tiny... Thank you. And we did a little check. Like, let's, I was like, just record because the stories, once we ask one question, it's amazing. Like pulling a little string and all of a sudden all the other stories might come up. And we just said, if we miss words or forget things, a lot of grace, we help each other out. We make up new words sometimes at the a dimat. That's like, is that a word? I think I just made a word. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you grow up? And, and start dancing. I think just jump right into that. Like where, like I was like, what kind of kid were these people that ended up on the most glamorous stages in the world? Like, who are these children? Like what, what brings a child to come into something such so different than most kids choose? I grew up in San Diego and I started out at a, in a little dance studio, just right on the corner. Um, my parents owned a shoe repair shop and I was right on the corner and I take, you know, little classes once or twice a week and then the ballet bug hit me and that was what I felt called to do and I just loved it so I um, started with California Ballet Company California Ballet in San Diego and uh, I just went right up the you know right right up the ladder and just was taking many classes a week joined the company and then there was the audition for the Lido that came after I graduated. Uh, I graduated from high school and there were auditions that summer. And then I auditioned for the Lido. So at this California was Academy, how old were you when you got into that? I was, let's see, about 11. Are they kind of grooming you to be in the company? Is that what they're, or you can do it if you like it and then... A- they start to split people up, like who has the potential yeah, I mean, or. Yeah, more like that. They, you know, you just take the classes and then you'd audition for the various ballets that they would have, such as the Nutcracker and Coppelia and um, different variations of um, different programs that they would, would have. And you just kind of worked your way up. And, and since I loved it, anything you really love, as you know, you would, mm-hmm. you know, you more or less are going to excel at. So that was my, my passion, my heart, my true love. And so mm-hmm. I um, did real well at it and loved it. Did your parents or anybody have a, a thought this might be what you're going to do for a career, or this is just something that you do to fill yeah. your heart and keep you busy? And no, trouble. No. No, not at all. I mean, I was just, I didn't like school. I remember my mom, I'd say, I don't feel like going to school today. And my mom said, okay, you don't have to go to school. So you don't go to school. You don't go to ballet class. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My mom did that too. Wow. (laughs) That's like a different punishment. Like, no, go to school. Exactly. Yeah. So did you have anyone encourage you to to go professional or were you hoping to get into the company or which just um, you're doing it just because no, you love it there was no goal or I was there was no goal there was just I was taking classes and doing the shows and there was really I didn't really think 
it would be a future for me. I mean, at all, like Las Vegas wasn't even a thing. Yeah. I mean, I was just doing ballet until I heard about the audition. Were you really tall in, in um, relationship to other dancers there in the ballet? Yeah. So got stereotyped for certain um, positions in the show that were for the taller girls. Yes. Yeah. In the tall line. Yeah. Because remember, like, okay, I'm in the, I'm a boy because the tall girls get to be the boys or <laughs> it's like, I want to be a girl and I want to be dainty. It's like, no, you're in the back and you're going to hold this girl or hold this, lift this thing. Oh my gosh. That's right. <laughs> so what was, what did you know about the Lido? So you found out about the audition. Did you know anything about it or what showgirls were, or was this just I a, like, nothing, I knew absolutely nothing about it other than my mother discouraging me from auditioning because she said, you know, honey, these women are absolutely beautiful with stunning physiques and beautiful faces. She just said, you, you won't, you know, you won't make it the audition. Oh Oh my gosh. She discouraged me from, from going to the audition. I said, well, I know. I said, but it would just be fun to try. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. You know, I can go and get some experience and know what it's like to audition for something grander than, a you know, a ballet company. And so um, <laughs> she was pretty stunned when I got it. Did, what did she know about the Lido? How did, but did she research it before you went or did she know what the leader was she had she had been to las vegas and you know my father and her and so um in fact when i was a small child i remember them uh gambling and i had to stay in the little lobby area and i couldn't pass this like little line that they had Mm -hmm. there was a guard there Mm -hmm. and i remember tap dancing and doing chenets and and I was like oh my gosh. seven years old, just a very young girl. And lo and behold, that's where you ended up. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how was how was the audition? What did they have you do? And it was all ballet, really. Yeah. It was uh, it was a very it was a huge turnout. There was like five hundred girls. It was huge, a huge turnout. But it was strictly doing combinations, ballet combinations across the floor basically was it in san diego or did you go to las vegas for that it was in san diego this was when the uh all new alley lido was coming to las vegas to the stardust hotel and so bluebell was doing a major tour i mean in europe and i don't know what other places in america that she had went to i'm assuming la and san francisco and places like that but um she only picked three of us you know, the, the look, the, the yeah. legs and the, you know, she oh, had to be that five, eight or taller. That's come up in a lot of, of people I've talked to. Cause myself, I went to the audition. I heard there was 300 and only three of us were, were picked. Oh, wow. And I never, it never yeah. registered like what an honor that was. Like if it is like you, you do have to be able to mm-hmm. dance, but in the height. And I think they even tell people the height before the audition. So it wasn't like they were weeding out the five foot dancers. And then talking to other people, like, oh, there's four or 500, but that wasn't the only city. You were three out of like, right. like they maybe got two from this one. So I know Miss Bluebell knew what she wanted and Don Arden was very picky. Yes. And the fact that they could have their pick. 
Because sometimes yeah. like getting getting 10 dancers for a show in the city is hard enough. It's like to get the caliber you want them to match. So to exactly. get that size and to say, we're not going to just pick them because they like that they could just wait till they got what they wanted. I think it made a lot of us go, oh my gosh, that, and, and not in a bragging way. I think we've learned it's okay to go. That was an honor to do that. And I was chosen out of this many people. It's kind of fun to go. That's actually wow. pretty incredible. Exactly. It is. But back then too, dancers were classically trained. Most people were classically trained as opposed to now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ballet was the bread and butter of your training of whatever kind of dance that you chose to, to do or, or venture into. And so, um, and you could tell that you could tell that in Don Arden's shows they were trained, highly trained, mm-hmm. and they knew how to walk. They knew how to point their toes. Yeah. They knew how Pull to, up. to bevel, to, and that, that, you know, that look, that line, you had to have that to, you know, these beautiful costumes that we were wearing. You had to have that certain look to carry off. You know, Did they have you do any showgirl walks or anything at the audition? I don't remember the aud- I don't remember the audition, but I do remember rehearsals for the African number, and I had never taken jazz, and so they had us do this one thing around the passerella where you, you know, step into it and move your hips, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Like it was so hard for me to do it like a jazz walk. I quickly learned though, but I'll never forget that. Like Debbie, I think it was Debbie Packard and Rich Rizzo taking me off to the side and saying, okay, this is how you have to move your hips when you walk around the passer. <laughs> That's so interesting. Cause I think mine was ballet and maybe, I don't remember much of my audition either. It was just a whirlwind. There's so many people and you're like, i I felt like just a little hick that came out into this glamorous (laughs) world, but it's interesting that they know if you've got the good ballet training, the rest will probably follow like the showgirl thing. They must just assume we're all going to get and jazz, you know, that's a gamble because some ballerinas jazz, you know, getting down, we didn't get that down into the floor. I think when our heels, so it wasn't like we were doing like funk, but I mean, we had a disco number in ours, but they must, that's interesting that a ballet was enough for them to base it on. Yes. Yes. They could, they could tell just by the way you moved doing Chene turns or PK turns or just the way you stood there, you know, uh, when they did the lineup, you know, they yeah. did the lineup and it was, I remember that they would just have the lineup and they just, before we even start to dance, you know, when we'd have the, you know, when you have to re-audition, yeah. they just line you up and just, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You, you know, and just, dismiss certain people just by looking at them standing there with a beveled foot one leg forward beveled foot hands oh, on wow. Yeah. yeah wow I didn't have to do a re-audition because I only did my one-year contract then I went to Puerto Rico and so I never I don't know if I saw one it's kind of a blur but I just that's a I mean I'm glad they make people do that or they did but it's also like how awful you know, your friend gets it and you don't, and you've been in the show for a year, but it, does that inspire people to get in class or not? It's just to take for granted that you're going to do this for as long as you want to is, you know, it's probably not a very safe assumption. 
you just didn't think about that. I, I mean, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't think like, oh, what happens six months? Maybe is that your age? You know, yeah. you're young, you don't think, you know, that far in advance. You just got hired for that contract and you, you, you did your work, you did your shows nightly. And then, you know, the audition would come up again or they just um, send you a letter or, you know, you know, I don't know what they would say to the people that they chose not to renew their contracts. I don't know, but I do remember seeing them in the dressing rooms and how sad that they would be. Oh, yeah. I know. Which then too, it's so different from now because there was more shows to go to. So, you know, you could maybe go down the street where now it's like, well, if you got canned, you'd be there's nowhere to go. That's not that many opportunities that you, wow. So we, we got into Alelito. So what was that like of telling your family you've got, and you're going to move to Vegas and you're going to be a dancer in the strip? <laughs> well, then they said, my parents said, you can't go and you can't take the car. My dad said that, you know, but he, <sighs> he came, his family was from Italy and he was a first generation at, here. And you know, his upbringing was you become of age, you get married and you stay home and cook and clean. <laughs> and so, you know, me going off to Las Vegas just was, you know, it was very hard for him to wrap his head around that. So then my mom persuaded him and he, he said, you know, eventually I, I, you know, I was able to take the car and away I went. <laughs> wow. Drove to Las Did you know anybody else that made it or you went on your own solo and then I did I remember Cindy Cindy Tart she made it and another uh, girl named Allison Pickering we were the three that made it I've heard all those names I think Cindy Tart I've heard so then you, did you because that's the whole thing is when you're young of like setting up an apartment and then you're going to start rehearsals where you're dancing all day or all night like trying to get out and figure out where you're going to live and all that. It's a, it's a, it's a big person job. It's an adult job <laughs> to like settle up in the city. I was only, I just turned, actually I auditioned at 17, I believe. And so I was only 18. So what they had me do is live with Pat Merle. We talked Pat, yeah. 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 So I lived with Pat Merle and she had one or two other girls uh, living in her home. She had a home. And so that's where I started. I started, so, so she just kind of took me under her wing and I lived with her in the, in the beginning. That must've made your parents happy too, to know that someone's yeah. looking out 18, like you're not it, just running into the wild, that somebody's looking out for you. Uh-huh. Was Don Arden and Bluebell at the audition that you did? Bluebell was. Bluebell and Michael Pratt. They okay. were the two that held the audition. Yep. Yes. Wow. So how was getting into the show and learning it? Actually, first, because you hadn't seen a show like this. I always am curious, like, what was it? Did, if you started rehearsals first or saw the show first? Because that first time of seeing something like that is overwhelming. But then to go, I'm going to do that. I don't know what your, your first seeing of a Vegas, Vegas show is the one you're in. Because I was underage, they wouldn't let me sit in the audience <laughs> to watch the show. So I had to watch backstage. Yeah. Did, how was it seeing it? Did you get excited or a little scared? I, like, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And the one person that comes to the forefront of my mind is 
seeing Barbara Beverly on that stage. She was breathtaking. I have heard that. Was it her beauty, her performance? Because there's a few names that always come up over the years, and she's one of those. Her face, the way she, just just the way she walked, just the way she presented herself, she was just like above anybody you've ever seen on a Don Arden stage. She was stunning, absolutely stunning. That's something to like, this is the level. This is what I'm going into. Yeah. I mean, it was jaw dropping uh, to see how beautiful she was on stage. She was like a Marilyn Monroe type. Yeah. Wow. So then you, did you go in as a bluebell, a tall nude or what was your? A bluebell. Yeah. A bluebell, a short bluebell. Okay. It's, I, this is tidbit that nobody else, the only time we had the name ponies was in hello Hollywood. Hello. And they were, we were tall nudes and short nudes were called ponies. And I uh, tell other people like, what's a pony. And I think, I don't know why hello Hollywood was the only one that did that, but I thought it was cute, but I, you know, pony sounds like they're five foot two. Like, no, they were short was five foot eight. Yeah. I remember that the ponies. Yeah. So I've heard, I've seen parts of the show. What was that? What was it for those who haven't seen it? There was an African number. Was there any theme? Because I know it started in Paris, right? They do the show in Paris and they bring it to mm-hmm. Vegas. Same show, same costumes even. The whole thing yeah. is the same, just, re- just recreated for Vegas. Yes. There was a Venetian number too. Oh. Like yeah, that's the thing with Don. He takes you like around the world or you get to go in this fantasy. Yeah. Somebody was saying, they said like, what's the theme? They didn't understand the story. There is no story. You get transported. And now you're going somewhere else. So just leave Africa behind. And now it's Venetian. (laughs) That's right. That's right. How long did you do the show? I did the show for, um, gosh, maybe. Here we go again with the timeline. Right. You can make it up and none of us will probably know the difference. (laughs) I remember Michael Pratt, um, because he left the Lido. And so he went to valleys and he um recruited me to go to be in hollywood so i think i did it six months to a year or so but it was getting really weird with um when the mob yeah mob presence you were there when all that was going down right because i talked a little bit to pat when it was like the movie casino like oh that's actually not exaggerated that's exactly how it was it, it yes it was exactly like that yep and you're like 18 19 18 how, how, what, what was your life like when you're that young because you're not out drinking it, like nobody really carded us back then I remember being 20 and nobody ever looked at my ID no they but, didn't you kept the eyelashes on and then Afterwards, you go to these these nightclubs. Um, I can't even remember the name of the one. There was a couple of them, but boy, we would dance the night away. It was just so much fun. And then we would, till the sun would come up, we'd go and have breakfast. Brewery, that was it, on Paradise. That was just so much fun. Do you remember the brewery? I was only in Vegas for a couple months because then I got sent to Hello Hollywood Hello. So I only had scary times in Vegas. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> my experience was like, 
the guy who lived in our apartment was a drug dealer before we were. So people would come like for drugs. I had a flasher below. I had, yeah, there was just so many, you know, and I was so glad to get a bit because I thought that was all Vegas was. It was just, it was pretty scary. And then I got to Reno and it's, you know, safe cowboy town, but now I go back to Vegas. Like it's different if you're living in a safer neighborhood and you're God. in a show and someone's looking out for you. But yeah, my introduction was, and so like, all I know is the strip. And I used, I used to do, uh, I would deliver flowers. I got a job at the MGM at the florist. And I have no idea how, because I didn't know anything about it, but I would deliver flowers to the hallelujah Hollywood dancers. If someone ordered them for them, I would maybe mob bosses were, maybe that's who I was delivering for. I would take flowers back to the, and put on the dressing room and when they were on stage. And I was not really supposed to be back there that long, but I was like, I want to do this. And then I, they would send me on deliveries. And so I learned my way around Vegas by getting lost, but um, in their, their delivery. <laughs> but yeah, Vegas is not glamorous for me, but I would see those costumes and the pictures on the dressing room. Like, I'm going to do this. And then I got hired. Like right, oh, I did the audition for Hello Hollywood and got out of Vegas and did the show. But, but it's just so the. Did you have any? You guys know what was going on with the mafia when things were getting, or was it just kind of like when you're young, were you picking up that there was some weird stuff going on, or was it just out in the open, or a little more hush hush? No, it was out in the open. Uh, it was, it was, it was pretty out in the open. What what changed the course for me and made me move move on to the MGM for Hallelujah Hollywood was um, when we went to uh, renew a contract, our contracts, Rosenthal um, called me into his office and said, well, we're going to give you a three-month contract with a three-month option. And the reason is, is we'd like to see, um, you know, we have parties afterwards and you never join us. And so, we would like to see you go out and, you know, you're Italian. And, and so, you know, we'd like to see you just join some of the others and just have fun. And, and I was, Oh, I, did you have a sense of things? This is not feeling right. And that's exactly, it was a, yeah, it just didn't feel right to me. Yeah. And so I was kind of quiet. And, and so that's why I chose to, to leave. Yeah. So I heard like some of the showgirls were getting jewelry and other things. Like it's not just a gift. Just not. Yeah. Be careful. He sent the principals to Hawaii, I think for a week and he'd send up these big Easter baskets that were six feet tall. And I mean, the food he would send up. Backstage. Javier. Yes. Oh my gosh. Spread out of amazing food because uh, talking to pat i don't know how much was recorded or, or another time like how if he didn't like someone just say i want that one fired so if he liked you you guys were treated like royalty but if not oh, right. like, well pat was a, a captain wasn't she she was yeah a, a, I think, a yeah and so she probably had preview tools she probably you know heard a lot of the things you know and directives from him that you know, she had to carry through with or whatever, but I'm sure. Which is weird because he didn't really do show business, right? He was only, he wasn't in there because he knew theater or shows. No, that's the thing is imagine like this is the people making choices with your career. Right. He was running the, you know, the casino and all, and it just was, uh, and then he would, 
come and watch the second show. And he would, when we'd go down the passerella as we would do, you go straight down the passerella and then you it veer off to the right and then to the left. He would make sure that he would sit right at the center as you go down, because it was eyesight, the King's Row booth. King's Row, and yeah. So then you would go right down that booth and you had no choice but to look him directly in the eyes or cast your eyes off to the side. And so you would have to, you know, either, you know, eye to eye or yeah. cast your eyes to another direction. And so he could tell who was you know giving him eye contact and who was who wasn't yeah as you were performing on the stage so that was kind of weird too I was there like 1979 when I auditioned but I think all of this had gone down before but I had seen movies about things or heard things so I didn't know like you know when you're young and naive like am I going to be okay? Or what, you know, just like, I just wanted to dance. That's all I wanted to do, but like, okay, maybe I'll just, maybe that won't be a thing. Cause I remember well, this is awful, but I was sexually assaulted by my ballet teacher's husband and telling me you're going to have to sleep with producers. And so he thought, oh, you know, no. he, he would do that. And I got out of there, I got away, oh, no, but no. I was hearing these things. You're going to have to sleep with the producers or the choreographer or whatever he was telling me. And I thought, is this a thing? I'll, I just will only work for women. I'll have to be really careful, but it's like, even like you want it so bad that you're going to risk your safety. Uh, right. But I went down there like, okay, I'll just, I'll just be making sure I pay attention. But I think I was equally naive and, um, dumb <laughs> or just like hungry it was hungry like I just you know I can I can look out for myself but not even knowing how to do that so I know like within a company like if people know what's going on like you know these younger girls maybe even more susceptible I don't know so did you was so hallelujah Hollywood was that the beginning of the show or did you come in as a replacement when you left uh, I, I'm sure I was replacing someone. I don't know who. But I'm always trying to think of the when shows open or close. But Hallelujah Hollywood was going for a while. Yeah, yeah. So it was just an. I didn't open Hallelujah Hollywood. It had been running, and okay. so just you know, when they had their contract change, is when I went. Did other dancers from the Stardust go over too? Were people just kind of hanging in there till till the end, or? Um. I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't know if some people, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if people from the Lido left to go into Hallelujah. I don't There's just so that. many, like when it went closes, like a lot of the same dancers or there's just so many great things or like people like, I want to do a new show or work for a different producer. Cause we talked, we've worked for a lot of the same producers, but at first you were doing just, you were doing Don Arden show back to back, which was Hallelujah and then Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. How'd you like that show? Oh, it was beautiful. Boy, there were a lot of dancers, though, as you know. Well, yeah, yeah, a lot of dancers. It was a fun show, though. It was beautiful. Yeah. Was it, was it any different going into a smaller cast into something so massive? Not really. I mean, you just kind of, you know, you adapt and um, it was fine. I loved it. You know, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I saw that show and I don't know how similar to Hallelujah, Hello Hollywood, oh, Hello, Hello, which is a lot of the MGM musicals and our disaster was the San Francisco fire. And then Jubilee was sinking the Titanic. And, That's right. and there's usually a disaster. Is there, I'm trying to think what was in, I saw the show Hallelujah, Hollywood. I can't remember what the, the focus was. Was it very Hollywood ish? 
there was a, a pirate number. Let me see if I can <laughs> remember all the numbers. There was a pirate number. There was a um, meet me in St. Louis, meet me in St. Yeah. Louis number. And I know there was another one and I'm trying to think of what it was. Oh, it was, a. Um, I remember the costumes. Uh, it was an Egyptian. That was the dunes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly the genre it was. I'll think of it. Yeah, it's like I've done like I've there's shows I remember everything, and some like mm-hmm. I only know because I've seen the pictures. Like, what did I do in that show? And there's some that are very clear, and some well, are like just so many numbers and so many different shows. And you know, so like, many shows. Yeah, yeah. How long did how long did you stay in Vegas? Because I know you went on to other places. Did you? stay in Vegas and then go out and do these other ones and come back for Jubilee? I I stayed for a couple of years and then um, I came back and did, uh, I was in Casino de Paris at the Dunes. Okay. I did Bear Touch of Vegas. That was at the Marina Hotel. I was a principal in that and also principal. Was that Abcar? Frederick Abcar, yeah. Was that uh, Ronnie Lewis? Yes. Oh, fun. Okay. That's all, all the Ronnie yeah, stuff is coming really out. And I supposed yeah, to all the Ronnie. Oh yeah. man. So you got to be one of those like kick-ass dancers that is sweating your face off every night. Yes. As you, <laughs> as you mentioned in one of your posts, sweat your, your eyelashes off. Yeah. I worked with Joan. I didn't get to work with Ronnie, but I worked in Montreal. Oh, you, yeah, that's right. We'll get to that. Cause we both worked with Joan Palethorpe. But yeah, it's like, just like, it was a good night. And if your eyelashes stayed on, like, what, did I not work hard enough? Like, why are my eyelashes still on my face? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So did, were those back to back all Vegas? Like, no, you went away. I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah. it, it doesn't yeah, have to be I sequential, said, but. I never really thought I'd end up living in Vegas. Cause I just, I just didn't think that that's where I would be, but I somehow always ended up back here. It was just so easy and to to get work yeah you know and or you'd even get a call and just say can you you know are you available you know to be in the show or we're having auditions or you know can you come up and audition so you know you it it was just it was easy it was very easy the doors just would open and it was easy to just take a contract and stay as long as you wanted to and when you were bored with that show there was another one just right down the street that is what's amazing because you know if you're going to go to new york and try to do broadway this this, (laughs) you still don't have any head start usually but like vegas the fact that they know you were in this show so you're probably really good they already know you're a good dancer good performer were you a principal in any of those shows i was a principal in the lido so i left the lido and then I came back. I was a principal. And so the Lido, I did principal spots in Jubilee. I was a principal in Casino de Paris and in Bear Touch of Vegas and on the cruise ships and uh, Paris. Paris, I, I didn't do principal. I wasn't a principal in Moulin Rouge. But Wow, um, your career... The cruise, cruise ship for Jean Anne, I was a principal. Where are you? Um, the, um, the SS Norway. You, what uh, year were you in the Norway? I'm sorry, that's really terrible to ask. Them. We don't know the dates are hard. Either friend, we, got, we auditioned in Montreal together. I got put on the smaller ships and she was on the Norway. And they did um, No No Nanette, I think. No Nanette, oh yeah. 
So I don't know if like that's just oh, be so interesting. You did this, oh, you did the small ships, the white ships? Mm-hmm. So I did the sunward and the starward. And we oh, would do four, four days on one and three on the other. Oh, Traveled wow. with our suitcases. It was insane. Oh, fun though. It was so fun. So, I have like my brain, I have too many questions, but I'm just, it's somebody who stays in Vegas so long that you can have so much variety. When you came back to the Stardust, had things really changed now that Rosenthal was out and like, I don't know if corporate world is, because it kind of changed when the corporations took over, like the feel of Vegas. I don't know if the shows changed, but the, like well, Athena went, talks about that there, when you could feel when the changeover happens as far as, I don't know if it changed the dancers or the shows, but who was running things was different. Yeah. You, you, I mean, it was different when the mob was running the show, but it didn't really affect me because I didn't participate in any yeah. of it. I chose doing your job. So, yeah. So when I just came back into the show, it was, you know, just like do your job and okay. okay yeah. So yeah, for you to venture off and go to Montreal and cruise ships was, was it just the opportunity or were you kind of getting ready to get out and, and uh, I just see different parts? Seeing different parts of the world was, was part of it too. Getting, you know, you, it's such an adventure. And then just to get to work in a, in a exotic place or, you know, just, just the feeling of being in a, a different country. It was really a wonderful experience you yeah. know, to be able to get to do that. You know, what was, your, what was your first one away? What was the first one that took you out of Vegas? I did a show in Acapulco, Mexico. <gasps> was when I was on the ship, everybody talked about Acapulco. Acapulco. I know uh, that was a place to go. Yeah. I don't know if there's any shows. I don't know anybody who vacations there anymore, but in the eighties, that was like the destination people wanted because it was tropical. That's, I don't know whose show that was, but I heard it was just a really fun gig. Albert Alamon, something, somebody Alamon. Does that sound, I can't remember. I, his, I can't remember his first name. Nobert Alamon, something like that. I'm not sure. So people must've known of it because he wasn't having auditions up here or, I just know everybody kept talking about Acapulco and then, you know, they would audition and go to, I went to Puerto Rico, but I was hearing about Acapulco and I just, there's just so many people I know that I worked with that did the shows. Was it a small show? It was a big production. They they put us in a beautiful villa and we had cooks and maids. But the reason now that I realized that we had cooks and maids, because they warned us not to step foot out of, well, they didn't let you because there was a guard in front of the house because there were bandits that lived in the hills because of the drug cartels. Oh my gosh. Wow. Drugs. Yeah. And it was terrifying. Then what, uh, and they, t- they took your passport. They took your passport and locked it in a, in a safe. And so we rehearsed and we opened the show. And what happened was, is somebody was shot. One of the drug cartels shot someone right in front of our, our villa. And we were terrified, absolutely yeah. terrified. They give us, you know, special service to get us to the show and back but we were too afraid to go into town or do anything or go anywhere and they kept us you know pretty strict in this little villa they didn't want us going places or doing things so I remember one of the the dancers bribed one of the guards to open the safe get us our passports 
and just secretly we made our reservations to get our an airline ticket to get out and we really and the whole cast left no not the whole cast about two or three of us left wow wow was it were the the tourists that were the ones that coming to the shows were they knowing how unsafe or was it kind of just kept secret like just come and it's going to be wonderful but yeah more top you know it was I mean they didn't really know what was really going on with the cast and the shenanigans outside the the villa you got out okay did they come after you or or was there any retribution for it just like goodbye no it had to be done in secret you know you just I mean, now that I, there were no, there was no internet. So obviously we had a travel agent or someone uh, book the tickets for us and get us on the next flight out. I've heard people getting stranded. Like there's still, you know, there's a glamorous life, but there's a lot of things that are scary. And I think of myself now as a mother, like, I'm glad my mom didn't know a lot of the stuff that happened. Some (laughs) of my situations or like if if I had been stranded somewhere, because Puerto Rico, they kept extending our contract, but we, it was supposed to be mutual, but they didn't make it that way. So one of my friends that we, we wanted to do work for um, Miller Reach because I wanted to dance with Joan Palethorpe because I was obsessed with Ronnie Lewis. Um, and so we ended up, they wouldn't let us have our contracts. We were sneaking our luggage a little at a time, walking down the beach and taking it to friends until we had it all. And then we left in the middle oh, of the night because wow. they threatened, they threatened us. And the, oh. basically they just said they were going to blacklist us, but oh, if you left, if we left, but it's oh, like no. when you're young and you don't know, no one's helping you because the company manager is not going to help you leave the show. But like, there was no internet, like getting, getting our flights and like hoping no one told and, or, you know, we just thought something bad was going to happen, but I don't, yeah. it's not worth for them to chase down a dancer, you know, like to, yeah, to find you back scary. in your hometown. But Miller Reach helped us. They, their lawyer looked at things and said, don't worry, we'll take care of your contract and they're not going to do anything. Don't worry. So they set up, you know, that we had our flights, but it is, it is interesting when I think of how young 18 feels now when you're in it you think you're an adult you know everything until something like so oblivious to the things that you know now in your life (laughs) you're just more wise and the things you know when you're young your mind just doesn't think of things that could happen you live more in the moment which is a good gift there's things that we were probably scary stuff that was probably happening that we walked right on by and like you know if we only saw part of it and had a lot of fun like it is yeah because if you were you would never leave home you would never do these shows because like is it safe like no maybe not that's right (laughs) wow so did you have a thing lined up or did you go back to vegas again after acapulco acapulco let's see what happened after acapulco what show did i do um, I went back to, I don't always go back to my base, you know, back to my parents' house and, you know, cause I never really thought that I would be doing dancing as long as I did and keep going back to Vegas. So, um, let's see after Acapulco, I think it was the, um, the SS Norway for Jean and Ryan. Yeah. How'd you like that? Ship life is a whole I, different thing. I, of all the shows that I've done, even though the Lido was, will always be my favorite. That's my heart. Yeah. Dancing on the ship was the most fun of my whole life because we were so close. We were like a family. The cast was like a family and we had the best cast 
And we, as you, you know, we do everything together. Not only did we yeah. perform together, but we went, you know, we had the same um, freedoms as a first officer. So basically had the run of the ship. Yeah. And it was just whenever the ship was in port, we were free to go on land. And it was just such an incredible, so much fun to be able to do, you know, all just share. It was like being on vacation and doing what you love yeah. to do, dance, of course, and you're getting paid to do it. We had you some know? song. And the most amazing thing is we get paid for doing this. <laughs> We'd be laying <laughs> in the sun or we would be like, <laughs> yeah, we just like, we kept going. We get paid. I think uh, Steve Martin made that song, but we made it our thing. Is like, yeah. But I was when I came on the ship, it was horrible because all the girls were fighting because they were all sleeping with each other's boyfriends. Oh, God. and so a briefcase oh, no. got thrown over my head. They would I'm... scream, and then we have to do a show and be next to each other. And these girls just, and then they'd be fine. It was just at first, and then a couple of girls left. But I almost broke contract because it was so bad. Wow. And then, the, then another cast came on and it was night and day. Everybody, they get along, you know, we, we, you know, you eat together, you perform together, you do everything together. And then there's a picture of us all hanging out in someone's bed, like, just like talking, like you couldn't get even closer, but it was the difference of the cast made all the difference. Oh, Cause yeah. if you don't get along, there's nowhere to go. And your friends oh, are like yeah. also friends with everybody else. It's friends. And so it, it was, I go this the cast makes the difference because the lifestyle is wonderful. Is but if some, if someone's hard to work with, so that's the last, that was only, I did the show seven months. The first few weeks were horrendous. Then they had a couple of girls that were still having issues. And then they, three more girls. And then it was one, it really was great. And it was some of my favorite time ever because that freedom, that play, I would close <laughs> down the disco every night. I would be out I there know. after the show oh, and just yeah, dance under the, the stars and the Lido deck. I know. Wasn't that amazing? It's the like, disco. I think it's that sense of freedom. It's just, there was so much was. under the stars and just looking at that moonlit ocean. It was yeah. breathtaking. Just so incredible. Did you that guys do Miami and the um, like St. Thomas or did you do the same yes. run or did you ever reposition? <laughs> We did the same run. It would go, we were based in Miami. We rehearsed in Fort Lauderdale. We were Me too. Based, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Based in Miami, we would, um, our first dock, we would, it was St. Thomas on a Tuesday and we'd sail. And then on Thursday, it was Nassau. And then on Friday, it was a private beach island that NCL owned. Yeah, that's the same. We did the same run. Oh, you know that too. Did yeah. you do, did you, did you say San Juan or no? No, it was okay. Now. I think ours was San Juan because we did two different ships, but the private island was was so much fun. And it was. It was a ball. What did you do when you were in St. Thomas? I know Megan's Bay was kind of the destination. Megan's Bay, that's exactly but, Megan's Bay and the shopping. There was, you know, good the, restaurants. There was this one fragrance. What was it? Oh, I can't remember the one fragrance. Every person on the ship would buy it. They obsession. No, it wasn't Obsession. It wasn't Charlie. Oh my gosh. What was the name of it? Was there Laird Atome? And just thinking all the Yves Saint Laurent. There was this like perfume was such a big thing in the 80s. Now I don't even buy it, but on the ships, like the whole duty-free, like we were- duty-free and they'd come on and the whole ship would reek of this scent. <laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh. 
I'm so curious what that is because there was definitely the popular ones of the 80s that everyone was wearing. Giorgio. It was Giorgio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Giorgio. That was it. Wow. Because you guys had the, because we had a very small stage. It was basically where the band played and then the dance floor, but you guys had like the full stage. And did you guys do like a review and a book show? Like, did you do? Yes, we did a Broadway okay. show. It was, um, well, I came on halfway through um, one contract. So that a Broadway show was My Fair Lady. And then um, we did a, then for the new contract, it was Barnum. Oh my gosh. Cause I worked for Jean Ann in a dinner theater in Orlando. I thought I was done. And then she asked me to do one more show best of Broadway. And I, I could have worn your, my fair lady costume. We'll have to compare notes. And then we had Barnum in the show. So I think what they did is oh. some of the ship shows would do the best of the dream girls and dream girls. Uh, 42nd oh, yeah. street. It was I all white girls, which was so right. bizarre. 42nd <laughs> street and dream girls. I remember those numbers. Did you do disco? We didn't do disco. Uh, we, a Japanese number there was a Japanese number ours was just a best of Broadway so I think what they did is the maybe the shows that you guys did in the Norway they condensed them now because our cast was only six people it was four singers oh four dancers oh wow two singers it was really really small it was like a roll they'd roll the stage out on wheels because oh no it was they had the the oh gosh was a buffet table it was all old people they were so sweet but it was like you know mashed potatoes and peas kind of a (laughs) dinner they'd roll the buffet out and then they'd roll the stage out and we would come do a show in these costumes that were way too glamorous for the this theater <laughs> but it was just an interesting experience I was company manager we were, you know it's like it puts you in a different position with your peers a little bit but we had a car and lived right next to Disney World oh, and oh, to nice. it was just again these things that you like you had said before we recorded like we just didn't appreciate it enough and now I think about this life I'm like I was at Disney World like every week and you know why why it's so stark it's because it's no longer yeah it's gone away it's like it's evaporated like it's just it's not there anymore and so that's what makes you really stand in your and just go wow there's nothing like it nothing to compare it to yeah. It was so incredible. But when we were doing it nightly and there were, you know, on the Las Vegas Strip and how many different showgirl shows were there? I mean, there was, you could tell it was going to go on for, and it was going to go on forever. You just did. Yeah. And, you know, like working with Siegfried Roy and I mean, you know, these, it, it just was your reality and you didn't think anything more of it until you know, the final curtain closes and these shows started closing. Like it started with the Lido here, you know. Was that the first one to go? I don't know if it was the first one, but it was, it was, you know, when the Lido closed here, that was, that was pretty big, you know. Was it it, a shock? It was a shock. You know, they had the, 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 um, there was a a closing party and then Jubilee closed. And my husband is a stagehand and he was part of, uh, he was a stagehand for Hallelujah Hollywood and Jubilee. So he was at that showroom for 37 years. That's where I met him when I was in Jubilee. And um, so, and so when that went away, uh, you know, that, that was huge. That's so interesting because I kind of left that world, but for you to be living in Las Vegas, because 
I would once in a while see an implosion and it was bizarre, like to see the dunes just go poof and done. And, and the start, it was just such a bizarre thing, but when you're seeing it happen, oh, I'm when thinking they, how many they, dancers they employed over the years, like just in Vegas, how many dancers on the strip. And then you add in like the Miller Reach and the Gene and Ryan and Greg Thompson and Barry Ashton, like how many dancers were employed during that time? Because when the, the Vegas was closing, some of the, a lot of those, I don't even call them destination shows were going away too. Like Nassau had a show, like there was, there were so many, but I don't, I'm, if it's just people weren't interested anymore, like to know now the, the Lido's fate in well, Paris, dunes, like, well, that can't end. Well, Casino de Paris closed because the, um, the dancers were organizing for a union and they, they told us, they said, if you organize, we're going to close the show. And they did. Really? They did. Yes. Oh, oh, that's, st- that's stinky. Yeah, so that that happened, and when that show closed is when I went to Paris to do the Moulin Rouge. Did you audition in Vegas, or did you go to Paris to audition? I think I just got, I don't know, I think I got a letter and asked me to be in the show, because I didn't audition. I don't remember auditioning for the Moulin Rouge. Wow. Yeah, because you've been a prince. I think it's like the people I talk to are principals. They're, of course, desirable. So probably other shows are like, I'm going to go for the best and and just approach approach the principals. And that was rough. Uh, Seven nights. I mean, I don't know if they're doing that now, but it was seven nights a week. And and that can can number to do acrobats like spotters and back handsprings and aerials. In those heels, the dresses were very heavy. That number killed me because they had me doing a lot of lot of acrobatics in that number. And seven nights a week, two shows a night, three shows on Saturday. Maybe it was Friday too. And you had two days a month off. A month. Oh, so seven days. That's not like seven you days have a, a swing. Because like Hello Hollywood. They're open seven days, but each of us got one day off because yeah, of swing. Right, so right. they were open and you guys were dancing seven nights a week. I don't know how bodies can do that. I've, I've uh, watched like the Lido can can. We they- feel it now though. No. Oh yeah. Well, I went to hello Hollywood, hello reunion. And I just had my second hip replacement and I came like two, I had to get the doctor's approval, but I came with a walker and a long dress. My feet were swollen and I was in a pain. But I wasn't going to miss it. But then because I was so obvious, people like, oh, hip replacement. Me too. Me too. Me too. It was so many people. All those Batmas. Yeah. And then on the right side. Batmas and, you know, that's all we did is kick that leg to our head. (laughs) Did you do the drop to the split in the can in the Mulan? That's the one that I used to think that was fun. And then I watched it when I went to Paris. I'm like, oh, I can't not go. Oh, every time they would do it. Cause like, oh, girls, you're going to miss those hips when they're gone. When you get those new metal hips. That's where it originated in Paris. It was the real deal. And let me tell you that number killed me. (laughs) I've heard one dancer from this generation. I mean, this was there just a few years ago, cracked your acetabulum, which is the ball and socket. It's the socket part yeah. and kept dancing on it and finally had to stop because it's like, wow, if you, if you do it with that much force, what, what show did you go into? Were you in? It was, no, it was 
Um, <laughs> was it femme, femme, femme? I'm like beginning my history. No, it wasn't that one. Frenzy, frenzy. Okay. It's so fun. You can find some of these things online. Frenzy with, um, what was the lead principal? Uh, Watusi, is that her name? Watusi. Oh, I've heard that name, but not, okay. I, is... I think that's it. I'm not quite sure. But she was the main act, show, singer. Did you like the show? Besides how much it hurts? Uh, well, the, the reason I, I had asked Bluebell, begged Bluebell to please take me into the show, but it was because of the living arrangement. They set us up in Pigalle in, and it was, there was one bathroom to the floor. The whole floor had to share the bathroom. It was dingy. It was rank. It mm. was, it, you name it at night, the nightlight the nightlife walking to my hotel after the shows I was terrified yeah the people were gross and and then the bed that they had us sleeping in it was like sunken to the you know like it was terrible it was dingy the the rooms were dark um it just wasn't a pleasant experience so I was not happy and so all the dancers put up there or this is what everybody I could afford. American, I was, I don't know. I think there was just a couple of Americans, but they had been there a while. So they found, you know, an apartment and, you know, had arrangements that worked for them. But when I was there and that's where I stayed, I had a friend did let me, he was going off to do a show. So he let me stay in his apartment for a while. So that was nice for a while, but, um, I just was, I don't know, it wasn't, it was kind of a hard, yeah. a grueling schedule. And then where I was living, I mean, it did get better once I moved in to um, a friend's apartment, but all in all, it was okay. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're working that hard, you want to go home to a, a nice, yeah. comfortable bed. Yes. Where yeah. you live matters. So even though Paris it is does. beautiful, if your living situation is not good. It doesn't is. matter and that you're in this beautiful city. And that's the thing. You didn't have time to go and sightsee. I do remember going to see the Louvre, wanted to see the Mona Lisa. I was so exhausted. I was like, I walked up first floor, went up, saw, I was like, okay, let's go. I didn't really get to enjoy it. Like yeah. I would have, have loved to. You know, so I, I, I didn't get to have the experience in Paris that I would have loved to have had, had, had it been different. Did you want to do the Lido in Paris or was that an yeah. option? Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I wanted to do, like I said, I wanted to switch to the Lido and Bluebell told me, she says, I can't do that to Doris. Oh. Who was the, the, you know, Doris <laughs> who's in charge of the Moulin Rouge. She goes, I can't do that to Doris because you're still under contract for the Moulin Rouge. So when you're done with that, she says, I'll, I'll take you. But did you, did you head back to Vegas again? Yeah, I, I, probably back to San Diego. Yeah. Okay. So if San Diego was your base, but then Vegas would lure you back with good jobs. Yeah, <laughs> right. So where does Montreal, because we found out, we start talking like our common. Yeah. I think I brought up Joan and I worked with Joan. I worked in Montreal. Me too. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting water. I'm getting a tickle. Yeah. Um, 
That was after, I believe, the cruise ship. I went to uh, Montreal. I learned this show. Somebody in the show taught me. When the, I, I was a principal, so t- um, she taught me the show. And then they changed one of the numbers out. And that's when Joan Palethorpe, I got to rehearse with Joan. Oh. Joan, yeah. And in, so for, for in Montreal, the, not in on Montreal. the ship. Wow. No, not on the ship. This was for Montreal. Did Because you'd already danced with Ronnie Lewis, right? Yeah, I did Casino de Paris. Oh, I also did Heats On in in Reno. I saw that show. Yeah, I was, I was at that show as well. So that was, how close is that? Because I've heard people say, if you dance with Joan, you're pretty darn close to dancing with Ronnie. I know there's some differences. I've heard there's difference, even how they run rehearsals or, but how, how was that? Did it feel just like coming home or also it's harder as you get that style? It's definitely hard in the body. That was a hard show because of those stairs. Yeah. You know, they were they were um, short, steep stairs, and you yeah. would run up and down them. And he would choreograph the show like numbers. You would be dancing on these stairs, in addition on to the flat stage. And you know the pace of his numbers and how hard the choreography was. And I did a adagio. Um, in that show well yeah in that show too uh they had a japanese number and a cowboy number and the ho the hoedown was it the hoedown number i think so yeah but that was a that was a hard show and we do two shows on fridays and saturdays in montreal right no no this is this is casino Heat's on. Heat's on. It, it, I keep going. I'm confused. Because so, we had we had a very steep set of stairs in Montreal, and I just oh, posted yeah. that video that's it. got that's Jillian's right. in it and Joan in, on the TV show. Whoa. There's one of those moves that we had in our opening. I'm like, oh, that was one. I was on the stairs on that. Like, it's just weird to think of just the crazy, you know platforms, stairs, the things that you're, you're not just dancing on a flat stage. There's always something else to navigate. But I was like, man, that, that show, it was so much fun to dance that hard. But then also now you're going to put on a showgirl outfit and kind of be a bluebell, but not quite. Cause Mil- <laughs> uh, Lenny or George Reese did more of the That's ballet funny. parts of the show. Cause I know, our, I think, I don't know if Joan did her can can and maybe that was, that was George Reese, but we also had a New York. Oh, yeah, New York there was had, a can can in the, in the show in Montreal. There was. I probably, as I keep in their yeah, French theme. That's right. I remember. But I think we were in different shows. I, I think you were after me, but I feel like there's a similarity that they will keep of that kind of a French cabaret vibe. Cause we oh, did New York, New York, but it's like that one has to have been Joan because it makes me also think a little fussy. There's things oh, that she did that felt very fussy. Yeah, it's very fussy. Yes. How did you like Montreal? Because we we did talk about the one really hard part of living in Montreal. Oh, was, the winter. <laughs> oh, the winter. Yeah, brutal. Right. I loved it. It was very cosmopolitan. Um, it had a great fashion sense. Yeah. But again, when you're working every night and you you stay in your little bubble with your group of dancers, and there weren't any Americans in the show. They were all French Canadian. Oh, I really? Recall. So they'd all talk backstage in French. <laughs> And so, um, actually, Jacqueline Duguay was the lead. She was the lead star and singer and act for the show. So she was from America. Yeah. And she was obviously did um, 
Frederick Apcar shows. And so, you know, I became close with her because she, you know, we were, you know, we do things together. We, you know, and, and, and so I, I got close with her, but the cast was pretty much French Canadian and they'd all speak <laughs> French backstage. Really? Our yeah. cast was, I think we made it 12, maybe 12. I can't even say that right. But most of us were American, but I don't know if things change. I know I did a show in Bermuda with Greg Thompson. And so you had to prove that the Americans were bringing something that the, that the Bermudians couldn't bring to get away with giving them visas. And I think that kind of changed with some of the other cities too. Like, why are you bringing Americans in when you could hire the, 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 the dancers from Montreal? So maybe things had switched by the time you got there because we were pretty American. So what was the name of your show? We were um, Stacey Bone. It was oh, 1982. Okay, so right before. Did you ever work with Gaynor? Because I think Gaynor did those shows. No, because just start throwing names out eventually if we all know somebody <laughs> that overlaps. It is a small Montreal too. I remember like the jazz scene. Like I would just go to jazz clubs. There was arts. The food was amazing. The city was beautiful. I had never been anywhere like with just even cathedrals, like the Notre Dame church there, which is, I know there was just things like the architecture from coming from the West coast. Like this is, this feels like Europe. Yes. Very charming city. Very friendly. The people in Montreal, very friendly and warm. It was just so funny. You'd be walking down the street or ordering something and they'd, um, speak to you in in French and you'd answer in English and then they'd speak to you in French just assuming that you were you know bilingual you could speak both French and right. English and so it was, it was like no I don't speak French because they'd always answer you in French assuming that you could speak it yeah it's interesting I went back with a friend like 20 years like maybe 30 years after we worked there and I've heard that the, that Montreal French is the, the Quebec Quebecians. What do you call that? Yeah. From Quebec, that they were very, they wanted, they didn't want people to speak English. They were afraid of losing that heritage. And so they were yeah. so opposite of before they didn't want to even talk to you if you That's weren't speaking true. French. So, went, oh, wow, this feels really different. Cause we were going to go back to the same place we always visited. And we felt like, Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I don't speak French. I know I'm in your country, which is French speaking part true. of it, but. Yeah, we went back and saw our old apartment. And then we, it was funny because in my mind, I pictured that showroom bigger. And we went in and like, oh, this is small. And we looked at our little dressing rooms. I'm like, well, it's not that big. In my mind, it was just like glorious and big. And then we had the spiral staircase. Did you? Because we, yes. that to show, we did, it was so insane. Because I know yeah. like we would, it was very cardiovascular yes. with the show we did. Then you'd run up a spiral staircase with feathers yes. and backpacks. Right. You couldn't even put on until you got down the spiral staircase. That's right. God. And I had my own dressing room. It was like a bathroom stall. It had like the bathroom door, like the, like a high school locker. <laughs> it was a very bizarre dressing room. But we'd do our can-can. We'd dress in our can-can and then we would run through the kitchen and then we would run to the back into the lobby and then the back of the house and run through so just that we were exhausted before we even got on the stage for this can can that was like not as hard as a Mulan, but it was still hard but it was <laughs> there was just things that were so odd and i know we had three shows on saturday but if the audience was smaller than the cast we didn't have to do it oh so we would go up and look like up in the little overlook and like count like go 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 please don't come in because <laughs> we're like you're so tired because i would take two classes i love taking it there was dance factory and there was another really great dance studio oh you took oh, and i would take 
I took classes wow. from the Mo- de, what is it? Montreal, de Montreal, Ballet Jazz de Montreal. Yeah, wow. I would take. Yeah, I, it feels weird to say that wrong now, but I would take two classes. I'd hike, and then that third show, I'm like, what am I thinking? I was just like young, and I had so much energy that I like take a couple classes and. I did that almost everywhere I live. Like in Puerto Rico, I took classes. Bermuda was really limited. There really wasn't much, but I know some dancers said they never took class. Like, well, I'm so exhausted from the show. And I was like, these were just like Puerto Rico. I love the classes, but did you do that? Did you, did you take class when you were doing shows or you just. In Vegas, out? I did, especially in the early years at backstage. Backstage. Wow. Backstage. Yeah. Those were amazing. Those, Cause you've got like the great teachers there and you've got, people from all over the world doing the show. So you're getting exposed to so many more things you, than you would if you were just in a city that it was the, the local people teaching. It was unreal. Like I look at that too, like how amazingly privileged we were to have exposure to so many great talented choreographers and teachers and, and dancers. It was, all, it was a class of all show kids, you know, yeah. just all show kids. And we would, you know, take, you know, ballet and then, you know, the jazz classes and Ronnie, you know, sometimes teach the classes. <laughs> Killer. Yeah. Wow. I remember coming I back to Reno. I love the one you posted of Jan- of Joan. Gosh, she. Peter just- posted those. I'm like, I have to show. This. I've never found pictures of her, and I finally saw one video because I was, I, I, I just wanted to see video for that choreography, and I think I remember some of it. But watching that fierce expression, like, wow, we got to dance with her. I remember coming back to Reno after, because I did lots of shows and I came back, Greg Thompson had me come back to, to Reno. I was done dancing, I thought. And he said, just come for a little bit and let me get, I'll get a replacement, then you can go. But I went back to class and Reno was also the same thing, all these dancers from all over the world. And there were people that were, had just done um, Beat It and Thriller. And oh, so besides show people, a lot of these people that were in the shows were also doing music on or music videos on MTV. Like that was right. the new amazing thing. And so yeah. it was like, oh, I kind of, you would just look left and right. Like these people, everybody's so, so talented and they're out working. MTV, yeah. So I figured, how did you, when did you come back to Jubilee? Cause that thing ran for 35 years. Are you like front end, middle end of that run? I came in, in, was it 89? I, I believe fluff had asked me to, I didn't want to, <laughs> I wanted to transition from being in shows. Cause I felt it was getting, you know, getting time for me to, you know, do something else, but she would call me to do into like, um, like Ford conventions. They would have conventions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Ford convention and different conventions. And she would call me. And so I did a lot of work uh, with her, so doing conventions, but that's how I, I met my husband. I was going down, downstairs to, to actually going up the stairs because I was leaving. He was going down the stairs. So we met on the staircase and that's um, how I, how I met him. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And also like in Vegas, because your hours are so bizarre, if you're a performer, a lot of people, so you can't really date unless you're dating someone in the same lifestyle because you don't go to bed till the sun comes up and other people are getting it for work. So it makes right. social then, life, unless it's someone in the business, it's kind of hard exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was hard to meet people because you 
when you were done taking off your makeup and showering and getting ready to put on your street clothes and then you go out, the drunks were out, you know, yeah, not conducive to meeting somebody that was genuine. Right. I'm looking for a drunk. That will work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jubilee, were you, were you principal there? No. I did a few, a few principal spots. Okay. Because okay. that was a- like Delilah. I'm trying to think. I've heard all the different parts that were the. Yeah. No, I never did. No, no. And I, I worked there until I got pregnant with, um, you know, I married my husband, then got pregnant with my first daughter. And so after that, that's when I, I left the show. Did you dance pregnant or did you? I did. You know, I tried to hide it from fluff for as long as I could. I remember I was doing a principal disco and I saw her at the very back of the room. She had these, um, you know, I've seen pictures. Oh, yeah, oh. she had these binoculars. Binoculars. And she, and she was, I could see her. She was following me across the stage, and I thought, <laughs> I I'm going to get downstairs, and over the intercom, she's going to call my name. And sure enough, that's what she did. And so she's like, you know, she takes off her glasses, you know, how she would do. And she's like, are you expecting? Oh, no, Fluff, just me and George just went out and had a big, big dinner. <laughs> now I'm just really full and my belly's hanging out. And so a week or two later, saw her back <laughs> in the very back of the room following me. I was like, oh, here we go. So this time I put on a, a, a T-shirt. She called me into the office. I put on a T-shirt and stuffed pillows under my, and I walked in. I was like, you're right. I'm expecting you know, because she immediately pulls you from your numbers. You know, she pulls yeah. you. That's, yeah. It's like, because there's get, only so long you can hide it, especially with you're wearing a G string and a bra. Yeah, G string. And so, and my sweet, sweet um, uh, dresser um, that worked on my costume, she would secretly let out the, co- she knew, and she would secretly let out the costumes. I remember for the, um, you know, wearing one of the corsets, she would make it bigger around my back and around my belly. She was so sweet. She was secretly let, letting out. Oh my, my gosh, that's wonderful. As I gained weight. And so then I got put into the singer's line. I could- that's what I heard. Like I, because, I, I, okay, because you can attest this, because I think what I heard was it was pretty gracious when you could stay working longer, which means you get paid longer. Yeah. And you get your medical benefits. I thought, that feels surprising where a lot of times I think in a show, like if you're pregnant, you're out, but I've heard that with, Ju- with Jubilee, hello, Hollywood, that they would just yeah, find she, a spot for you. So you could still perform it if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. And she just, and, and it was nice because it was all long gowns and you could, yeah. you know, let your belly relax and, you know, learn the words and, you know, and the, and the choreography. And so that was nice to be able to transition from, you know, that from G strings to a long gown. <laughs> <laughs> please put me in a pajama number how long did how many months were you when you finally either choice or she pulled you out of the show I have like no hips so like I started showing right away I, I just oh, okay I think I only got to dance till four four and a half months wow was that your last show or did you come back with after children um, no I I did a the last show that I did I was a vacation girl for the King Arthur's tournament at the Excalibur. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, wow. So that was really fun. It was basically doing ballet in the dirt and with the horses and the jousting. And it, that was, Oh my gosh. And you've got a small a, child at home. 
Yeah. And then we'd have to, we didn't have family here. So my husband, before he went to go do a show at Jubilee at Bally's, uh, he would have to drop her off at childcare. And it was just too much of a struggle. It was just too heartbreaking to, to drop her off. So I quit being yeah. a, a vacation girl for King Arthur's tournament to stay home and raise my daughters. Did you have any grief of leaving it or, I mean, you had a long, long career. You really got a lot in there. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. I was, I was ready. You know, I was yeah. ready to make the transition and, and be a stay at home mom. I, I always have feel in my heart, whatever you're doing, do with all your heart and give 110%. So that was one phase. And when I left that part of my career, I, I didn't really miss it because it fulfilled me in, in such a deep way, in such a fulfilling way mm. that I didn't feel like I needed to be on stage or I wasn't missing that part of it. I, I wasn't missing it that much because I, I, I did it long enough and I felt fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you felt the same way, you know, once you, you've had the, the career and you've, you know, you, you've been in, you've traveled and diff different shows in different countries and, you know, you had your fill and it was, it was time to, you know, move on to the next, yeah. the next chapter of your life. As, yeah. Cause I love traveling and there's a point, like I kind of would like to not be living out of a suitcase. And then yeah. I think it would be done. Then I go, and it okay, was I'll lonely. It was lonely too, living out of it. You know, I mean, let's face it, you uproot your, your whole life and you're, you know, you're meeting new people and you don't have a secure, solid base around you that you're used to. And so, um, but when you're young, you know, Do those all you can. yeah, you love it and you experience it and you, you know, that's was such a special part and so glad that we did it. And it had its place in time, you know, yeah. the chapters of your life, you know, there's, that's what I always call it chapters of your life. And you just turn the page to the next chapter and, you know, and enjoy this chapter now. I moved away. I, I uh, danced for a long time. I moved back to the Seattle area, but when you're in Vegas, you're around, it's still all around you, but also you had been seeing like things kind of going away. So your timing, like I kept focusing on that, but a lot of people, like if they're from Australia, they went home. So they're not seeing the strip. They're not around it. But did you, did you stay connected with friends or did you kind of just switch your life as now that you're actually not getting up at two in the afternoon or whatever and going to bed? Like your life I'm, is changing, your social I'm life still, has changed. The night owl, I'm still a night owl. I was never having to get up with the girls and take them. To, that was a struggle for me. Yeah. Like doing money. I am oh, more, yeah. Owl. I could stay up till two or three. I just don't do mornings. I just, you know. I, 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 you know, I get up in the mornings now, but I mean, I just don't function real good till later in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm a night owl and that's just a part of my, um, like, the clock. <laughs> like, yeah, my internal clock. Did you own, did you teach, you said you taught dance or you taught competition dance. Did you have a studio or do you teach for? No, no I didn't have a studio. I taught for a little, uh, a studio close to where we lived. And um, when my oldest daughter was five, I started teaching, you know, dance there a few times a week, a few classes a week. And then I did the competitive dance teams. And that was real fun to be, you know, 
you know, watching kids. Yeah, it's very rewarding to, uh, I loved working with children. Yeah. I just know when I went from dancing professional, then I went to teaching and my last class would end at nine. Well, of course you talk and then it takes a while to drive home. And then it takes so long to come down from that high. So I was still not staying up till four in the morning, but it was still, most people are done at, at dinner time when we're just getting ready to go in and teach. And so that was still kind of added to that. Like I'm wide awake at midnight and I'm feeling super creative. And then when you've got children have, who are getting up at six 30, it's like, this is the cruelest thing ever. Like can oh, I train no. my baby to sleep in where well, they have to get up for school. I don't, my, my wonderful, like one o'clock to go to bed and get up at eight. And for some people, they call me at six. I'm like, what human is up doing things at six in the morning? And they're like, why did you text me at three? What were you doing up? Like, oh, I was living my best life. I was choreographing. I was like, get creative. Um, And it's just try to switch that. If you've done years, that is really hard. I know. I agree. Yeah. It just never, morning just never jived with me. And I mean, (laughs) some people, even after working the shows and having that lifestyle of working at night, they easily adapt to the early bird, you know, they, they easily adapt to that, but I never did. (laughs) I just think it's all kinds of wrong. (laughs) I know. Did you, did you go back for the closing of Jubilee? I did. My husband was, um, like I said, he closed the show. He was there for the the end. Yeah. He closed the show and I did get to see the, the end, uh, the, the final performance wow, was, there's no words to express the energy in that room, the feeling, the collective energy from many dancers that have performed in that show. Um, Didn't a lot of alumni come back to be there for yeah, that show? Yes. Yeah, I mean, even, I, you know, Bob Mackie was there. In fact, I was sitting at the same table as as Bob, Bob Mackey and just the designers and the people that constructed the show and helped put it together and past cast members and stagehands and crew and, and all that there was to experience that show closing was just, it was so sad, but it was so amazing. There's really no words to express yeah. what it was like in that moment. Wow. To see that. Because yeah, that's a chapter, because that's that was the last of those shows going in Vegas, right? So when that closes, it's not just another one's going to pop up. It's like, this is the end of an era. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I've done interviews with the current cast members, quite a few at the Lido. And so now I've heard a couple of girls, they're referring, we're the last Bluebells. You know, like if it was the last, the last Vegas show and now this is the last Bluebells break, it had it like 75 years is a long time. And I don't know if things could have worked different or changed. Are people not interested? But it's like we were saying, we were living in it when it was probably at its peak of how many shows and then to watch it kind of go away and to go, well, maybe there'll be more. And I don't know, maybe the Moulin Rouge will go on forever and ever, but it, it is like a, a sad thing, but it's also to go, we were part of this history you were part of this history of things in Vegas. And then like these, this, these cast members now, like you're, you're the last generation of the bluebells and I'm getting all their stories as many as I can get. Like when these stories are told, you, you know, who was the opening of a show, who was the closing. There's just these landmarks that, you know, if you look at the collective 75 years is a short time in history, but it's a really long time 
for, for something to, to stay relevant that long. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the Zigfield Follies and Don Arden actually kind of brought that back to life and made it, made it come back to, to life for this era. And, you know, cause that went away and then he recreated it and brought it all back. And it's, uh, it would have been nice to have him, you know, get to see it to the very end. And then yeah. after Fluff passed away, literally, you know, she, I mean, it was just so sad to, that she, you know, when she passed away, cause she was the heart and soul of that show. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's just so sad, you know, I, I think there feels like there's a time for grief and it feels that is, I feel sad for the current cast, but I think all of us are grieving because, you know, it is an end of an era. And yeah, I taught a showgirl. I've been teaching a showgirl series. I do it every once in a while. And I pull up the pictures of the bluebell dancers. Cause I, I don't want them to think that, that being a showgirl is sex and they don't really know. And so they look at the pictures and I'll say, can you give me some attributes and it's not what they think it's going to, they say joy or regal or the glamour. It's like, there's not really much anywhere else you can put that with. You either have to refer back to the golden era of like the Hollywood musicals or this, but like for them to put the sparkles on and we talk about, it's not like, can you actually hold still That's for awesome. eight counts and just be, and they get, they get a little emotional. Like, wait, I'm just now learning about this and it's going away. You know, it's kind of like, what about us? Like, what if this is now not an option for dancers or not even an option to go see it? Like, I have to go to, I want to go see the show before it's gone. I think there's this feeling like, oh, we thought we'd have more time or another reunion and get to to see another show. But it's, I feel like grief and celebration, it's, they're kind of sitting side by side in my mind. Yes. Like you said, the closing of Jubilee, you were actually experiencing both at the same time. It was electrifying in that room. I mean, it's hard to express in words. It literally was electrifying. And I can't imagine what it felt like to be the cast, you know, on the stage with the whole audience in that moment. Yeah, so much love and so many emotions. Yeah, it's really cool that you're able to interview the, the cast of the Bluebell cast of the Lido to some of the members and yeah. the, the cast members. It's been interesting too, because I think they knew some history because there's a few people like Jeremy who knows and he's oh. now been moved up in management. So they like, this is the Don Arden walk. This is why it's this way. And that's why our walk is different from the Moulin Rouge. And, and then they're wearing the costumes. They have this whole tableau that is a tribute. So they're wearing costumes that the people that knew the Lido from the way back, come back to see the show. Like I remember these magnificent, because the the newer cast doesn't they don't wear the big showgirl thing so they seem interested and they've been listening to some of the episodes and so I think it helps tie them to this piece of history that they're part of a thing that's been going on for like like you were saying we didn't know what we were part of and like I wish I'd been more present and not really understanding that we're part of I think they get it in a way that we did and maybe like that last cast of Jubilee too like we know that this is we were part of something really special that's ending and we are we get to be here to the to the end. Marvelous that you're capturing it all, little segments, different people, and keeping that that whole beautiful 
time and era in a time capsule. And that's yeah. marvelous that you can do that and that you have that vision and that you're keeping that memory of such an amazing era alive. That's incredible thank you're you. doing. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. It just felt like with the technology we have that we have that we could put it in a podcast, you can actually hear people's words and their voice as opposed to in a book. It's like, well, hopefully they stay preserved that like in generations or like if someone's daughter wants to hear their mother's story or something, it's, yeah, it's there and saved true. instead of like, where do I find these archives? Like, yeah, yeah it yeah. feels, it feels sacred. It feels like an honor to sacred. hold yeah, the stories. It, sacred. it really, it truly is. It truly is. It's very sacred, very beautiful. So as we're ending, I always think I have a question that's going to pop into my mind. You had quite a career and you got to be a Ron Lewis dance. You were, you worked for several producers and it's kind of like, you know, you're a blue bell, but you're also a Miller Reich dancer. And you're also like, how is that? Cause you're, you're more, if there's a lot of us that were more, like some people did blue bells only, but you kind of got to live in the best of both. But like, how do you think that affected you as a dancer to get to experience like that full spectrum of what these shows were not just one producer, one style of show, one style of choreography. It was, it was amazing in that you got to do different kinds of choreography and working with different, maybe you didn't open that specific show, but the essence of the choreography and getting to part, you know, do doing adagios and, you know, and, you know, riding the elephant in the Lido and, <laughs> you know, all the, you know, the different animals that they had and the people that you would meet. And I mean, it was just really, even though it was different shows, it was really one big family of show kids. Yeah. Be in different shows and so it really wasn't that different per se it was just maybe a different style of dancing and you just adapted you know to the style and you know learned to master the look of of that particular show and try to be the best that you could be yeah you know um yeah so it was you know the I mean, you know, it's amazing to be able to even be on social media and still we're like a tribe, a tribe of people that, I mean, a lot of people works different kinds of jobs and your coworkers and employees that you work with, they just kind of fall by the wayside, but we're an actual, a tribe of people. We experience something so profoundly unique that we will always be, I think we're, very bonded uh, and it's mm-hmm. almost, almost on a, in a spiritual way in a yeah. deep level in a deep level because of this unique experience of being in these shows and I think we all now realize that now that it's 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 past and shows are you know starting to close so we we, you know, it makes us feel a little closer to each other, especially now with the Lido on the horizon, getting ready to, to close soon. We just kind of feel a little bit closer in our spirits yeah. and our to one another. Oh, I love that, Nikki. 
please I feel I like do. I love when I talk like I talked to you that you work for Miller Reich and then like we both work for Joan and there's so many people that crossed over so there is this saying once a bluebell always a bluebell but even because Vegas there's no longer we are it's like a it's also a bigger collection of dancers there's like the Ron Lewis alumni there's the bluebells but there is this collective that so many of us if we didn't do a lot of the shows, we still work with people that had come from another producer. So I think with it going away, it even feels more like we're, we're, we're you, what? <laughs> we're intertwined maybe more than we think, think because yeah, so many people, so many of our friends experienced all the different shows. So we were all part of it as a bigger scope over those, when over, if it starts like before the Lido in 1946 because there was also Follies Bergere that had been going oh, and the Casino right, de yeah. Brie, like, this is yeah that there there is this whole history that we are all somehow linked even if we've never met it just it somehow feels like the the chords are coming a little closer together kind of pulling yeah, us all like into it, the center like it does it almost feels spiritual because it's not just like you know take any job you want to any job and you work with your employee and you work with people and then as time passes you lose connection and you're not as close but we just seem to all be like a little flock a little mm. flock of we love each other we do we love yeah. each other and we care about one another and we were you know we we it's deeply ingrained in our soul you know how special that yeah. truly was and how we really realize how lucky and fortunate like it will be like no other time mm -hmm. now or in the future that we'll ever experience anything quite like this. Yeah. Which you makes know? it feel special. It's sad, but special. It does. It, it's it's just a beautiful connection with each person. You know, we, we, we share something so incredibly special. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I know like when we had the, do you go to the reunion in Paris? In no, I didn't. And I'm kicking myself that I didn't go. I know. It's like, I are like, maybe this is the last What timing was that? It was like Lindsay had a, oh. someone tapped her. It's, I mean, really think about this because COVID it was, was not exactly months before COVID even happened. You guys came together and had such a wonderful, I so much enjoyed all the pictures of seeing all of you and, and, you know, how amazing that must've been. I can't even imagine. I think it but, ignited for a lot of us, like how special this community is. Incredible for you. How then I thought our next reunion is we're not going to go to Vegas and see a show. Cause there's none. We're not, maybe we go to Paris. I go, I think what we need is we all need to go to an Island and just rest yeah. and play because yeah. maybe there's no shows to go to anymore, but maybe it's just That's the time right. to be like, but you're going to Paris, aren't you? I am going to Paris. Yes. I'm going to, if the show's so still going, ahead. there's rumors was... of all different dates of it closing. I bought a refundable ticket thinking, well, if it's closed, I don't think I'm going to go. It's going to be so sad. I'm like, I'm still going to go. Good for and you. I, I want to do a little day trip. I've never been to Normandy. I would like to go to Bordeaux. So I'm awesome. in love with Paris. So even if there's no awesome. show, yeah, How and I'm just excited. I'm going day? for a week. I'm going to go the, I'll get in on the 19th and leave the 25th. But Miles, I think you worked with Miles, right? No. Oh, wait, somebody else is trying. Oh, somebody else is trying to coordinate. Oh, man. It's okay. My brain is not working. But yeah, so, oh, Rachel, no. Anyway, 
but there's a few other bluebells that are still going. So I'm going to meet up with Elizabeth Phillips, who's 82 or 83. She wrote a book. Oh. We're going to have a tea time. I always do tea time oh. videos of bluebells. There's another, oh, another bluebell who works in Paris. So if more people are coming in, like no matter what's happening in the show, it feels like even if there's just a few oh, of us that find each other and go out for cocktails or awesome. dinner, it just feels I'm like sure the young girls, the present cast would love to be with you and and have tea and go for, you know, a nice dinner or dessert or something. They'll love that too. I, so. I did that when it was April and I'd like that they actually were, yeah, I would go do that. I was like, really? So I was just having meals with, and then I go see them in the show and they're with, you know, it's so weird. I have to end and it's so hard. I would see them on stage. I had a picture taken with Leah, who's incredible. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. And I was kind of starstruck. And then I went, oh, you were one of those. I kind of forgot that we were also like that, that kind of thing, how people looked at us. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, you're beautiful. So yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I was, I was also one of these tall, beautiful dancers, but you kind of forget. And look, I looked at them like they're, I would hear their story and then see them on stage and just be like, these are beautiful, wonderful, intelligent, talented people. So stunning on stage and then so humble and wonderful yeah. and to get yeah. to get to know their story and like, yeah. and they're, they're struggling. Like it's so hard to know they've worked so hard for this job and yeah. finally come I back mean, after COVID. And I'm so glad I that they did that. get to I get mean, back on there again. At least they got back on stage. I know. And then it closes. I know. Yeah. So hopefully, maybe, you know, maybe more things will emerge that will be a nod to this era, but it will be different and not try to replicate it because it just can't really be done on the budget that Don Arden had. Right. I know. <laughs> you want waterfalls? You want elephants? Sure. You can have it all. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. It's different because the corporations came in and they want four wall. And with when Don did a show, they paid for everything, everything, costumes from Paris, you know, the, the shoes, repair of the shoes, the repair of the costumes, the upkeep of the costumes, it was all taken care of. And now who can afford putting on an extravaganza in this day and age on the stage now? It can't be done. It can't, can't be done. Yeah. So, that so we have to say thankful I was born when I was and I know and right? answered that call and auditioned when I did and got hired and yeah. I know. I know. So, Nikki, thank you. I'm going to make another Vegas trip eventually. I went down a few months ago and I got some costumes. I don't know if you know Miss Get, but I got oh, some costumes for my show. And so I'm like, yeah. I might just have to make a few oh, more trips down. I know there's so yeah. many bluebells down there. So I would love to, if you want to go out and have, have cocktails or coffee, it would be so fun. I would love to. I would love to. Yes, please let me know. Just keep my, making new friends that were already friends awesome. we just didn't know. And so I think that's kind of been yeah. It's a fun thing. Oh, I have bluebell friends. No matter if the shows are closed, we're all it's here. So we'll nice just keep to keep doing get it. To, to chat and thank you. I feel honored that you you asked me. I truly do. Thank you. I feel honored that you said yes. So I told you. I've heard your name for years. I've heard about oh, you. So here we are in our houses in all our glory. <laughs> thank you so much. And then I'm going to post pictures of you and when this comes out, and it'll be really fun for people to get to see you and all these different. Okay. I'll send you Shows. some pictures. I'll get to that tomorrow sometime okay. or within the next couple of days. I'll get okay. you the pictures. Okay. okay oh, thank okay. you. Be well until we meet in person. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.